outpost put some distance on the competition in the Hama while the Teal Ninjas notched their sixth consecutive win to continue to pace the Dixon. With 11 weeks down, we have four to play, and that means multiple teams this week are facing elimination. Who's still got a chance? Who's out? Answers plus week 11 all next from the Ricola Virtual Studios. Ricola. It's the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Sports Desk Championship Edition. Ricola. Fantastic. How's everybody this week? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Just fantastic. I no longer need to pay attention to uh, What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football on a weekly basis as I'm calling the hammer a lock for the Oregon Outposts. We are done here. Are you lead pipe cinching it? I am lead pipe double locking it down century of the week. The hammer is over. That might require multiple sound effects. <laughs> are you saying this division has been locked down? <laughs> oh, the oldies but goodies. <laughs> locked down? I'm calling it old school earthquake and typhoon sitting on your butt locked down. We are done. Done here. All right, then. Well, I guess if everybody wants to find out what Jamie's talking about, maybe we should get to the games. Let's go. Start the music. All right. Week 11. A little depressing. A lot of <laughs> going on. A lot depressing. <laughs> Uh, we'll start off simple. We'll uh, get the taco game out of the way. Springfield, uh, 63 points this week. Tommy Fotheroy's first place squad lays an egg. But, hey, they're playing the bazookas. 63 points is a slaughter. I would have beat them. Most teams would have. But Justin Bell did not. Only 44 for the bazookas as it's Springfield in a walk. Pulling this one up ever so slowly and ever so surely. Springfield only got nine points out of the quarterback spot with Tyrod Taylor suffering against New England through injuries. Got 11 points out of Telvin Smith, the Jacksonville linebacker. 10 points out of Delaney Walker, the Tennessee tight end. 10 points out of Todd Gurley and a mediocre day for the Rams. Those are his leading scores. And at 63 points was the total 20-point win, almost a 20-point win. How is this team winning? Because he played Justin Bell this week. Besides playing Justin Bell, Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, let's take a look at what, what Justin was trotting out there this week. Deshaun Jackson was actually his leading scorer. 14 points for the Washington receiver in their big loss in Carolina. And after that, 9 points for Adrian Peterson, 7 for the Detroit defense. 4 out of quarterback Phillip Rivers. 0 for Mike Wallace. 0. Zero for Dwayne Allen, who was barely on the field. Zero for Ryan Matthews, who didn't play. But let's look on the bench. Carson Palmer at his 30 points for the win. <laughs> I would say somebody somebody make a deal with Justin Bell, but he wouldn't log in to check it. Yeah, I've already tried. He's not accepting deals. Yeah. But uh, looking at the bench for the Teal Ninjas, both Pittsburgh receivers. He's been riding the hot, the hot Antonio Brown hand the last couple of weeks. Jay Cutler sat against the Broncos, which... Uh, not a bad play necessarily. He actually, Tyrod Taylor outscored him last week. So it turned out being a good play. But just a terrible week, but he caught the taco week at the right time. So uh, kudos to Tommy Fauntleroy on good time. A moment of silence for Debbie Godso and her loss to Justin Bell. Yeah, Justin, you suck. The funny thing is, I was thinking about this earlier. Justin Bell is now 4-7 and seven, with basically not even logging in. I can say without very much doubt, Debbie is logged in every week. Creech is probably logged in every week. Jamie's probably logged in every week. Josh Morgan's probably logged in every week. Brian Greenwood is probably logged in every week. And we are only one game better 
than Justin Bell. What's that say? It says you guys suck too. It's pretty bad. Again, he had a good draft. Uh, he had a good draft. He would probably be a little better than that if he had played all Sean Jeffrey in the right weeks. That's just one roster spot. Bad as that game was, we actually had one that was worse. The Charlottesville no logins against the RHPs. The RHPs victorious this week as well. 59 Them to 44. Too. Well, yeah, if, if, if you'd have beat Springfield and you beat Long Island. The RHPs, uh, 59 points. 26 of them coming out of Andy Dalton's uh, big game against the, the Cardinals. 10 out of Rashad Jones and not much out of anybody else. Eagles defense throwing up a big negative five. <laughs> so the three of us outscored the Eagles by five points. Yeah, we slaughtered the Eagles. Meanwhile, a Charlottesville, 20 points out of Matt Ryan. I believe he did log in. He's just so bad at this point that it may not matter. Tavon Austin throwing up a big negative one for the keel halls, which is uh, tough to do out of the receiver spot. Not much else going on besides Matty Ice's 20 there. Uh, but the train is coming to the station for Justin Forsett. Yeah, had 16 points on the bench with Jeremy Hill which would have given him the win. Same thing with uh, with Rock. Had J- James Jones with 18 points on his bench. I don't know how you don't play James Jones. He's hit or miss, I think. I, I guess. He-, he had kind of disappeared for a few weeks, but he's been fine in the yeah. end. Though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, he I had, had, before that, zero points, five points, zero points. Just hit or miss. It's just that Packers offense is just anemic at this point. It's just hit or miss on those receivers. I think down the stretch, James Jones with another injury to Devontae, but it's hit or miss on that team since they just cannot run the ball, and those guys cannot get separation. You look at the RHP's roster and go down their, their specialists last week. Danny Woodhead obviously played for the Chargers, so he didn't do anything. Zero <laughs> points. Andy Dalton had a big week against the Cardinals. A.J. Green uh, did not as he drew Patrick Peterson in the cornerback lottery. So only seven points there. Jimmy Graham, tell me Pete Carroll's a genius because he can't use the best tight end on the planet. Three points for Jimmy Graham. Jeremy Macklin, only two in Kansas City despite Kansas City's big win. Eric Decker had the best week out of all of them with eight points in the Jets' loss, and, and the Jets are basically going with a one-wing quarterback at this point. It's got James Jones and Travis Kelsey on the bench, Andre Ellington on the bench. Just a bad week. You know, sometimes it happens. Sometimes you just have that rough week at the office, and uh, Rock got lucky. He got a taco game. I'm just disappointed that the Keel Halls <laughs> didn't play Justin Bell. <laughs> 44 to 44 would have been the best game ever. That may have broken fantasy football. That would have probably broken our league and we wouldn't be able to play week 12. <laughs> now, broken fantasy football because as, as the league tries to deal out two losses. So Jeremy Hill this year is top 10 in touchdowns scored in the NFL for running backs, and he scored touchdowns in three weeks. That is the definition of feast or famine. It's been kind of a weird season for those Cincinnati backs in general. Gio Bernard's been fantastic and, and has not really gotten in the end zone a whole lot, whereas Jeremy Hill's been terrible. That's terrible. But they give him the ball in goal line spots, so he, he gets points. He's, he's pulling a little bit of that Mike Allstott touchdown vulture. Hey, you're in good hands. Yes. Next game. How about a game where people scored some points? I don't know if we got those yet. No, it's going to be a while. <laughs> Why don't we go to your game, Jamie? Flying out to Buffalo, the Boss Fight t-shirt comes up with a loss, 91-77, to the Buffalo Wild Bills. Buffalo 
Holden Strong actually had to play this week against a, a, an opponent that, honest to God, signs in. But uh, Chuck Oering's been there. Uh, he, he rode the Cam Newton train, 40 big points. Uh, got 16 out of Julio Jones, 13 out of Gio Bernard, 11 from Allen Robinson. Whereas Jamie had 22 out of Aaron Rodgers in the Pac's wake-up game, 17 out of Jay Stu, and uh, not a whole lot of anybody else. Got Robbie Gold back. Yeah, I ran the uh, wide-open split offense three-receiver set, and it turns out I should have run the wishbone as if I had gone with three running backs instead of three wide receivers. I'd have pulled this one out 93-91. J.C. Watts would be proud. (laughs) Your backs got in the end zone. Uh, Ronnie Hillman had a good day for Denver. Charles Sims had a good day for Tampa, 12 and 10 points, uh, respectively. Would that have actually given you enough? Yep, that would have been 16 more points. And 16 points would have been the win. Yep, yep, sure would have have been a two-point eaker. Good job getting cute there, Johnson. All right, but as I said, the good news is I no longer have to log in either because this division is locked down. Jamie's throwing at the towel. Speaking of uh, two-point eakers and locking down the division, we'll go with the double segue here. Double shot power on the segway. Double shock power! Uh, Oregon Outpost 788-84 over Darklonia 82. Darklonia drops their fifth straight game. What was awesome about Darklonia losing was uh, it looked like if Tom Brady went out and had an average game against an average Buffalo team, they'd have won this one walking away, but Tom Brady went out and was kind of mediocre. Only 14 points. That's been a couple consecutive weeks that he's been pretty mortal. Yeah, the, the Giants knocked him around pretty good, and Buffalo really beat the piss out of him last night. But 14 points there. D. Hopkins led the way for him with 23. Meanwhile, for the outpost, just balanced scoring. Had a five guys in double figures, but the, the biggest one was Levante David, 16. Got 13 out of the Cowboys' defense. Got 14 out of Graham Gano. Well, they tell you, there's no Ganoes like good Ganoes. And Graham Gano. <laughs> Another thing that really hurt the privateers is the Colts taking out Devontae Freeman pretty early in that game. Yeah, that probably takes two points off the board right there. The fact that Detroit forgot they have Eric Ebron probably takes two points off the board right there, but that's Detroit for you. All I can say is just bad luck in this game. Yeah. Just bad, bad. The Tom Brady f- you revenge tour pulled into the station for the second consecutive week. Ha <laughs> ha, revenge for what? <laughs> you owe me another you're welcome because I keep feeding the hate machine. All right. <laughs> Jamie, you were going to say. Of course, the, every time Tom Brady gets taken down a notch, it's hurting all of us with Patriots on their squad. So, you, Tom Brady. <laughs> this win locks it in. Go ahead. That's it. Aaron Rayfield, welcome to the championship game. And yes, that was five in a row for Darklonia. Five losses. Going from five and one, now looking at five and six. A slide of Chuck Buster esque proportions. Speaking of the Chuck Busters, Red Hot. They lost last week, but they're still winners of four out of five. They took this one over the Seattle Dreadnoughts, 97 to 80. That pretty well rings the bell on on Zach Hoffman's. Not quite. Almost there. Almost there. Mathematically alive, but pretty unlikely at this point. Chuck Busters, uh, the way was led by Doug Martin's big game against the, the Eagles, 23 points, 20 for Matthew Stafford. Danny Amendola in his three quarters of action got 11 points. Uh, Crockett Gilmore, the Baltimore tight end, got him 10 with a touchdown. Gotta love Danny Amendola. It's the first time in a long time that they, they, they say to him, hey, Danny, injuries are really mounting up. We need you to go out and earn that big contract. And he says, I got it, coach. And he, of course, gets hurt three quarters into that effort. 
Right. Classic Danny Amendola. We go to Seattle. Uh, bad game out of Derek Carr for the second straight week. That's not helping things. 16 out of Tyler Lockett. 11 from Darren Sproles. 13 for J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt was a huge, huge force in that Houston win over the Jets. But only 80 points to show for the week. Again, tough week there when your quarterback only gives you six. Yeah, the week I have Watt gives me three. The week I let him go, 13 for the inner division. Thank you. You have little faith. I don't have time for faith anymore. I need wins. <laughs> You're done, though. Gary. I'm not done. I have not thrown in the towel yet. It's over. It's over, Gary. Okay, you threw in the towel. You're done. I'm not, because next week I have a taco game. It's just over. Let's it's take that segue to, to look at uh, Gary's Fort Wadsworth Warriors. Losers by 30. The horror show. Been under the microscope a couple times. Put 99 on the board. Fort Wadsworth with 69. Woo! Dropping the fighting godsos to 5 and 6. Horror show raises to 5 and 6. Looking at the, the scoring, Mason Crosby was his big score, 17 points, leading the way for six players in double figures. Tony Romo with 15 modest totals there. Tyler Eifert, 14. Alfred Blue had 14 in, in the Houston win. Gary Gatso, the Panthers defense got you 19. Dequell Jackson continued his season of terror with 17 points. Not much cooking besides. Alex Smith got you 13, and the rest of the roster got you the poo-poo platter. Really bad timing for a lot of my players to kind of shut down for the season. And then on top of that, also, I should mention that the Tom Brady you tour made a slight detour and stopped. So therefore, Rob Gronkowski is not receiving any more points. So Buffalo really had his number last night. They they had him on one catch in 10 yards until he caught a deep pass late, which got him the four. He got in the end zone against the Colts, but the Colts wrote the book on, on how to gum up Gronkowski. Every team has done it since. Yep. Kudos to the rest of the league for picking that one up. Again, Chuck Pagano, who I insist is not that bad of a coach for figuring that one out. 13 points out of the quarterback spot uh, in a 3-3 th- yeah. win. That was a bye placement. I had to go with Alex yeah. Smith. Handoffs on parade. I don't think he threw the ball in the second half. No, he had no turnovers. He had 250 yards passing, but every single touchdown was a handoff. On the ground. So, on a side note, Wes Welker's still alive? He is. He's in uh, St. Louis, and he's the only guy that can get open. Okay. All right. I'm one game better than Justin Bell at this point, but man, it's just time to drop Peyton Manning off on the waiver wire. It's just time. Jamie Creech, do the Jamie's a solid from one Jamie to another. Just pick some junk up off the waiver wire, because brother, it is over. He's not even playing next week, so at this point, he's not helping you. And then we get to our game of the week, uh, where the other fighting Godsos threw up 89 points. Not enough! As the Pyramid of Touchdowns are the one triple-figure score of the week, taking home the win 101-89. to 31 points out of Russell Wilson, the garbage win over San Francisco. 19 points out of the Chiefs defense to add insult to injury. The Chiefs defense. Okay, sure. Darren McFadden with 15, 10 for Des Bryant uh, as Dallas has a nice win over Miami. Meanwhile, Debbie got 36 points out of Thomas Rawls' explosion. 209 yards, I think 255 all-purpose. A couple of scores, uh, just not enough. Only 17 from the quarterback, uh, 11 from Greg Olson, and uh, not much else going on. You should take note uh, who is not on her roster. Yes, uh, looking down the bench, number one overall pick, Marshawn Lynch, not on the roster. Making that perhaps the worst number one overall pick in our league's history. I feel bad for the Seattle Dregnods, as I think they only have one guy, one Seattle player on their team now, and they don't have Thomas Rawls. Feel bad. Oh. You know, look in real life at that one. Don't they feel kind of dumb for caving to public pressure and signing Marshawn to that big three-year deal before this season? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Mike, and we're going to take a quiz. How many points did the Kansas City defense score last week? Hmm. 19. Really? So they're on yeah. a bit of a tear, is what you're telling me. Yep. Their last four have been 11, 14, 19, and 19. Chiefs defense making it happen. I mean, can't can't fault me for being a little dismissive of them for a while. They did throw two negatives on the board early in the season. But yeah. the Chiefs are red hot, and, and the defense is leading the way. So they've suddenly remembered how to hit the quarterback, which frees up that, that secondary, which is, has ball hawks. You throw a bad throw up there, Eric Berry's going to find it. So the Chiefs can make some things happen, but they have to be hitting the quarterback, and they finally are. Josh Morgan, it might be time to dust off LaShawn McCoy off the bench, as that is three weeks in a row of over 15. Uh, looks like Shady's got rolling again with Tyrod Taylor back in the lineup. And then Matt Forte is due back in the lineup here. So the Jeremy Langford train may be ending. Yeah, I still think he's going to be a decent flex play because they're going to figure out ways to keep him on the field. They should. Yeah, even if you got to put Forte in the slot, him in the backfield, or vice versa, I think they're going to figure out ways to get them both out there. Standings. Looking at the standings, uh, we go to the Dixon, where the status quo was maintained. All, all the favorites won. Springfield 9-2 and two with Tommy Fauntleroy at the helm. Chuck Orings, Buffalo Wild Bills, right behind him at 8-3. and Clinch the winning season. Congratulations. Yes. Brock Mastrangelo's Long Island RHPs at 7-3-1. and one. Still in the hunt. Seattle Dreadnoughts mathematically alive uh, for Zach Hoffman at 5-5-1, five, five and one, clinging to respectability by the slimmest of margins. Brian Greenwood's Dark Lonia Privateers, 5-6, four games out. Eight. Jamie Creech and the Horror Show, 5-6, four games out. Now, that mathematically, they are still in, but with any combination of a Springfield win, they're eliminated. The Chuck Busters, despite being red hot, five games back are mathematically eliminated. They are out, yes. Over at the Hama, did I declare a separation Sunday last week? Jackass. Did I say that that was where the cream was going to rise to the top? Yes, I did. Now, sir, if you had called it locked down Sunday... That would have been where we might have started the Church of Mike as the prophet. This baby is locked down. I do not share that. I do not share that thought because it is a two-game deficit with four to play. Oregon Outpost, seven and four. It's, hey, look at that. It's a respectable team at the top of the Hama. Who knew? And then followed by a four-way tie. Gary's Boss Fight t-shirt and Jamie Johnson. Paris Dynamites of Debbie Godso. Pyramid of touchdowns of Josh Morgan getting in the routine. And the Fort Wentworth Warriors of Gary Godso. All at five and six. All two games back. Who cares how it shakes out for second place? I don't. It's all math. The New England Bazookas of Justin Bell at four and seven. You know what? I'm calling this one on, on the bazookas. I know they're not mathematically eliminated, but they are. And the Charlottesville Keel Balls of Dan Uthman at 2-9 and nine are mathematically eliminated, and no logins there either. So good job, Aaron Rayfield of Oregon Outpost 788. He's a good man. He's a Yankee fan. It also should mention that the last four games of the season, the Outpost plays Jamie, Pyramid of Touchdowns, in the division, and they also play Seattle. So they do have a two-division game and a pretty stout Seattle squad that they still have to go through. Yeah, not, not a lot of cakewalks there, whereas Fort Wadsworth, <laughs> how many taco games got left on the schedule? We have New England, and we wrap up at the Keel Halls. In the middle, we play the Dreadnoughts and Jamie one more time. So, hey, if Jamie's given up, uh, I'm looking at potentially three wins here. You're going to give him that third taco game, Johnson? You're going to be that guy? Well, the rumor that I'm trading Odell Beckham and uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Oregon Outpost for the Vikings defense and Matt Jones. Big uh, off. Nice that trade. <laughs> <laughs> 
collusion. I smell collusion. There'll be no lies and collusion in this league. So I see our lies and collusion. Springfield again, winners of six in a row. They're the hottest team we've got. Darklonia continues its slide towards the basement, losers of five in a row, despite being on the Tom Brady you revenge tour. Still in position to win the James Cavanaugh Memorial Trophy. That is the weird one right there. (laughs) Extended his lead. Because Tommy Fallaroy had a bad week, but but got a cheap win. Darklonia had uh, had a bad week as well, but yeah, actually scored more points. So they have a bigger lead for the Cavanaugh Trophy. And of course, the Charles Ellen Emanuele Trophy is still in Springfield's grubby little hands at 9-2. and two. Buffalo and Long Island probably still have a shot at that and not much else. Is there a way to make a trophy for the worst defense? Because I think Darconi would get it as well. Guess so. Maybe we could call it like the Brandon Merriweather Trophy for guys who can't tackle. I don't know. Something like that. Doesn't have much to do with the show, but it's just the worst safety that came to mind. So, uh-huh. let's look forward to Week 12. Buffalo. It's a taco game. Fly to Charlottesville, eight and three versus two and nine. Uh, Paris locked in a in a big fight with Seattle. This is probably for all the marbles for both of those teams. Five and six against five, five and one to, to just to try and keep pace. Gary's Boss Fight T-shirt. You got the Chuck Busters, the red hot Chuck Busters. Could be lights out for the T-shirts. It's already lights out, brother. It's already lights out. Teal Ninjas line up against Pyramid of Touchdowns. That's nine and two against five and six. Again, bad place to need a must-win game. Josh Morgan, bad place to need a must-win game. Gary Godso, as mentioned before, gets a taco game against the Bazookas. We'll see if he blows it. <laughs> That's great. That'd just be fantastic if Justin Bell swept your house by not logging in. That'd be fantastic. Awesome. I, I think we have to give him the Jim Mora trophy for that one. We're not giving out a Jim Mora trophy this year because we have no wild cards. That sucked. I think he would get it in spirit. <laughs> and then uh, Oregon Outpost has a chance to beat up on a 5-6 and six team, but not the one in their division. They've got the horror show trying to extend their lead in Mahama. And lastly, we've got uh, the Long Island RHPs taking on the ice-cold Darklonia Privateers of Brian Greenwood. I tell you what, earlier in the season, that would have been a hell of a matchup. Now, yeah. You know, it's still probably pretty good. Darklonia's going to go out and score some points, but they've got some terrible luck. The previous two weeks are really the only two that you can say that they deserve to lose. And even last week, they were in the 80s in a, in a bad week for scoring. So I, I feel kind of bad for Brian Greenwood. He's playing the hell out of this one. I feel bad for him, too, and every week, but he played me, so that's fine. Did he beat you? I forget. No, no, I beat you. No, okay. Were you part of the five-game loss tour? I am continuing to slide, yes. <laughs> You're helping roll him down the hill, huh? I am keeping that momentum up. So, uh, gentlemen, we're at that point in the show. We've gone through the the fantasy crap. Gary Gonzo, your thoughts on the NFL heading into Week 12? How about those Colts? Hate to sound like a homer, but gosh, you plug in Hasselback and he seems to just stick around and win games. Good showing for the Colts on the road at Atlanta this week. I, I'm going to hold off judgment that they, they've eked out wins against Houston when they were terrible, uh, Jacksonville, who continues to be terrible, and an Atlanta team that is ice cold. Doesn't matter because you can't deny the fact that the last two games they played, which were supposedly against elite quarterbacks, and the fact they had winning records. The Colts managed to do something that eluded them all year, and those are beating uh, teams with good records and uh, beating teams with good quarterbacks. And, and they did do it on the road. I don't want to take away from it. I don't want to sound like I'm taken away from it. But uh, um, 
I'm, I'm not necessarily a believer just yet. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand my English here. There's still a long way to go for the Colts, but in a week where I think just about everyone, and including a lot of Colts fans, picked the Colts to lose this game, uh, they pulled it out, overcoming some turnovers early in the game and some stout defense down the stretch to keep the game close. It's just one win, but it's a win in hostile territory against a team with a winning record and a decent quarterback. And all three of those things look pretty good. But that's just one win to see how they do next week against Crab Legs. <laughs> yeah, NFL, can we get off of Matt Ryan now? Anyways, Jamie Johnson, your thoughts on heading into Week 12? Well, we've all made fun of the AFC South all season long, but I'd like to point out that they have a combined better record than the NFC East. <laughs> Man, you guys stink. Wow. Yeah, uh, it says something about your division when the Giants have a bye week and pick up ground on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, Dallas won, but really, Dallas, or is that what we're down to? We're thinking Dallas has a shot at this? Come on. Hey, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Hey, they are not out of this. Their two best players are back. They need to win out. They're not going to win it. Are you sure? They're scheduled. They need their to... schedule. Not going to win it. I know that, but I'm saying, are you sure they have to win out? Yeah, because like, the, the like, Giants like, have a lot. Of... Are you sure you're going to get to nine and seven? Are you sure no. four and two is possible for the Giants? No. In fact, I'd be shocked if it was. But I think eight <laughs> and eight might actually get done. Well, then the ca- the Cowboys can win one game. They're only two back. They're three and seven. Yeah. Eh. 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 All right. And the Panther train just keeps rolling. See, that that's the team that I think is going to make it. If, if somebody gets to 16, that's the team that's going to do it. I am not a believer in the Patriots any longer. Granted, nice tough win for them against Buffalo, but can't keep losing players the way that they are. I'm reminded of the Denver team from two years ago that went to the Super Bowl, basically stitching it together, losing great players left and right. Ryan Clady, Von Miller, just going down one after the other week after week. And then suddenly they're in the Super Bowl, and very quickly America was reminded that Denver got to the Super Bowl with their third-string center as his first snap of the Super Bowl sailed over <laughs> six foot six Peyton Manning's head. So that this Patriots team reminds me of. So even well, if they get there, I just don't see them finishing the job against, say, a healthy Panthers team or a you know like a it, it looks like the, the the Packers have figured some things out. Well, shoot, let's face it, that's that's all the NFC is bringing to the table. I would revel in the fact to see the Patriots just get rolled in the Super Bowl. Are you sure? Because I know a team that has perfected the blueprint of heartbreak. I'd love to see America be forced to deal with Cam Newton winning a Super Bowl. I would love that. I think America's more on board with Cam Newton than Sunday morning guys with microphones are. But I don't know what their problem is at this point. It, uh, we know what he is and we know what he isn't. They are who we thought they were. But that dude wins football games. And maybe he's not going to have the long, productive career that some of these pocket passers do. But there's no denying what he is right here and right now. As soon as that guy's legs go, uh, his, he's toast. He's toast. He can't complete at a high enough accuracy to be one of these guys who's back there effective at 36, 37 years old like some of these dudes are. But he don't have to worry about that right now because he's 26, 27 years old. So good for Cam Newton. Keep winning ball games, man. You're like a tailback who throws. You're freaking amazing, and I love watching that dude play. 
All right. Let's wrap it up. Anyways, for my co-hosts, Jamie Johnson, Gary Gonzo, I'm Mike Irizarry. Thanks for tuning in for our, I don't know, 47 minutes of crap here on the What's On Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Contest of Champions. You keep calling it a contest of champions. I know. Hey, Championship, championship edition. edition. I'm geeking out for the comic book. Jamie, you had a thought? I was going to say, beat Chuck just by playing. There you go. Maybe We're out. Over your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. You'd think the season went off got better at this. No. <laughs> you were running slow. Your point guard duties were lacking. I'm a little sick. Ricola. It's all right. We'll be better next time. We've got the power of our Ricola sponsorship. Good night, everybody. Good night.